You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include President Biden visits Buffalo after the tragic shooting, the war in Ukraine is helping stoke a worldwide food crisis, and John Fetterman wins the Democratic nomination in Pennsylvania after being hospitalized. Here is your national news recap for the week of May 15th. The President and First Lady Joe Biden visited Buffalo following Saturday's deadly mass shooting at a grocery store. They paid their respects at the Topps Market Memorial before a private meeting with affected families, first responders, and community leaders. Republican Senator Rand Paul is the projected winner in the Kentucky primary. That's according to NBC News. NBC also reports Kentucky Democrats selected Charles Booker to face him. Democratic former state Supreme Court Chief Justice Sherry Beasley is the projected winner in North Carolina's Senate primary. NBC News projects Trump-endorsed Representative Ted Budd is the winner in the GOP primary to replace retiring Republican Senator Richard Burr. NBC News is projecting Pennsylvania Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman won the Democratic nomination for Senate. On the GOP side, celebrity talk show host Mamet Oz is in a tight race with Kathy Barnett and David McCormick. The CDC is giving the green light for the Pfizer COVID booster shot for kids ages 5 to 11. The panel voted 11 to 1 in favor of a booster for the age group. The FDA approved the booster shot earlier this week. The CDC director will likely sign off on the panel's recommendation soon, meaning kids could start getting needles in their arms as early as this week. A Southern California man is pleading guilty to his role in the riot at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Christian Alexander Secor entered the plea to a felony charge of disrupting a session of Congress. The 23-year-old admits he helped storm the building last year. When sentenced, he faced up to 20 years in prison. On the day of the 2020 presidential election, he sent a text message reading, We're going to win bigly, and if not, we're taking the ship down in flames. Four people are dead following a possible Southeast Texas murder-suicide. The bodies were discovered by Harris County Sheriff's deputies Thursday morning inside an apartment on Cypress Wood near Cutton. Sheriff Ed Gonzalez didn't release a lot of details, only saying all were shot to death. One of the dead may be a child. The homeless population in San Diego has increased 10% since the start of the pandemic. The Regional Task Force on Homeless has released the results of the annual point-in-time count after skipping a year because of the coronavirus. Last held in January of 2020, just two months before the pandemic lockdowns, the latest count from February of this year shows a 10% increase in the number of homeless in San Diego. The number went from more than 7,600 to more than 8,400 members of the homeless community. This is the highest number since 2018 and comes after San Diego had seen a 16% decline in three years leading up to the start of the pandemic. 
Federal officials aren't ruling out that other life forms exist in this universe, and neither are some New Yorkers. The first congressional hearing on UFOs, also known as Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, was held this week for the first time in 50 years and featured a previously classified video shot through night vision goggles of some type of shiny object speeding past a military jet with glowing green triangles. It was essentially decided that we must be careful of the intel we share in case there are other forms of life, even though there have been no confirmed alien landings. Some New Yorkers say the government should invest in more solid answers, while others think the military should combine what it's doing to track these sightings. Lawmakers are passing legislation aimed to help the nation's poorest people have access to baby formula. The Access to Baby Formula Act passed in the House with only nine lawmakers voting against it, and it passed the Senate by unanimous consent. The bill looks to expand flexibilities from the pandemic era to the government's nutrition program for women. Nearly half of all baby formula consumed nationwide is by beneficiaries of WIC. The bill now heads to President Biden's desk. Kids in Sacramento schools will not spend any extra days in the classroom due to a recent strike. Sacramento City Unified School District is scrapping a plan to add extra days to the end of the school year. The recent eight-day teacher strike means the district will come up short on the required minimum of instruction time. The possible result could be a $47 million fine, according to the Sacramento Bee. District officials are working on a plan that would allow them to avoid the penalty by adding 16 instructional days over the next two years. The decision also means teachers won't be paid for the days they would have worked. The last day of school will be June 16th. The Oregon Department of Agriculture is taking action to stop avian flu with a regional quarantine of all birds and transportation of birds in Lane County. The temporary action prevents the movement of poultry until state and federal officials can determine that there are no additional cases of avian flu in the area. The quarantine also applies to all birds imported from states with quarantine and events involving birds. New York's newly drawn redistricting maps are causing even more headaches and confusion for Democrats in upcoming races. If approved, the Hill reports Congressman Sean Patrick Maloney plans to run not in his own 18th district, but in the newly drawn 17th district, which is represented by freshman Congressman Mondaire Jones. Jones' plans are unclear, but he may be forced to run against either Maloney or against another freshman Congressman Jamal Bowman. To further complicate things, Maloney is chairman of the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee and could come under fire for challenging an incumbent, which could appear to be a conflict of interest. A North Texas school district is canceling classes at a high school after it was vandalized by graduating seniors. Frisco ISD says thousands of dollars in damage was done to Memorial High after students sprayed fire extinguishers and destroyed furniture. Officials say the students originally were told they could put up post-it notes throughout the school, but it got out of hand. Police are investigating and criminal charges are possible. CAL FIRE is suspending all burn permits for outdoor residential burning for five counties in North Bay and Sacramento Valley. Officials say the suspension takes effect Monday for Napa, Lake, Solano, Yolo, and Colusia counties. Burn permits are still allowed within CAL FIRE's jurisdiction in Sonoma County. Officials say with dry conditions and fire season starting earlier, residents are reminded to use all outdoor power equipment responsibly. They say lawnmowers, weed eaters, chainsaws, and welders can easily spark a fire. Cal Fire has already responded to more than 700 wildfires this year. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news.
I'm Derek Jones with your international news report. The United Nations has warned that the war in Ukraine has helped stoke a global food crisis that could last years if it goes unchecked as the World Bank announced an additional $12 billion in funding to mitigate its, quote, devastating effects, according to The Guardian. U.N. Secretary General Antonio Guterres said shortages of grain and fertilizer caused by the war, warming temperatures and pandemic-driven supply problems threatened to, quote, tip tens of millions of people over the edge into food insecurity, end quote. As financial markets saw share prices fall heavily again on fears of inflation and a worldwide recession. Speaking at a U.N. meeting in New York on global food security, he said what could follow would be, quote, malnutrition, mass hunger and famine in a crisis that could last for years, as he and others urged Russia to release Ukrainian grain exports. He said he was in, quote, intense contact with Russia and other countries to find a solution. North Korea on Thursday reported over 262,000 more suspected COVID-19 cases as its pandemic caseload neared 2 million, a week after the country acknowledged the outbreak and scrambled to slow infections in its unvaccinated population. The country is also trying to prevent its fragile economy from deteriorating further. But the outbreak could be worse than officially reported since the country lacks virus tests and other health care resources and may be underreporting deaths to soften the political impact on authoritarian leader Kim Jong-un. North Korea's antivirus headquarters reported a single additional death, raising its toll to 63, which experts have said is abnormally small compared to the suspected number of coronavirus infections. The official Korean Central News Agency said more than 1.98 million people have become sick with fever since late April. Most are believed to have COVID-19, though only a few Omicron variant infections have been confirmed. At least over 740,000 people are in quarantine, the news agency reported. North Korea's outbreak comes amid a provocative streak of weapons demonstrations, including its first test of an intercontinental ballistic missile in nearly five years in March. Experts don't believe the COVID-19 outbreak will slow Kim's brinkmanship aimed at pressuring the United States to accept the idea of the North as a nuclear power and negotiating economic and security concessions from a position of strength. Britain's Metropolitan Police told Prime Minister Boris Johnson he faced no further action over lockdown breaching gatherings at his official residence and other government sites after the force said Thursday it had concluded its investigation into violations of the country's coronavirus restrictions, according to the AP. Police said they issued a total of 126 fixed penalty notices to 83 people for gatherings that took place on eight dates between May 2020 at the height of the first wave of the UK's pandemic and April 2021. Some people received multiple fines. The scandal dubbed Partygate by the media has dealt a heavy blow to Johnson's leadership. Johnson apologized last month after he revealed that he was among dozens of people who paid a police fine for attending lockdown breaching parties and gatherings. That made him the first British leader to be sanctioned for breaking the law while in office. Johnson has repeatedly apologized but denied that he knowingly broke the rules. He has insisted it did not occur to him that the gathering in his office, which he said lasted less than 10 minutes, was a party. That's your international news report. 
I'm Derek Jones. Hi, I'm Megan Steckler with your local news. A shooting last Saturday in Camden's Morgan Village section left one man dead and another man wounded, according to the Camden County Prosecutor's Office. Camden County Police responded to multiple 911 calls in the area of 1000 Lakeshore Drive at around 10:19 a.m. They found Yamir Coteau of Camden on the ground in a nearby park suffering from an apparent gunshot wound. The 18-year-old was taken to Cooper University Hospital where he succumbed to his injuries at 4:22 p.m. The slaying marked Camden's fourth homicide this year. In Pennsylvania, Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman won the Democratic nomination for Senate after being hospitalized for a stroke days before the election. It is reported that he has been recovering well. As of Wednesday night, the GOP race is still too close to call between David McCormick and Dr. Oz. New Jersey officials are ensuring retailers don't take advantage of the national baby formula shortage. Natalie Migliori reports. Acting State Attorney General Matthew Platkin says the Division of Consumer Affairs has already received at least eight complaints about price gouging since the governor declared the state of emergency on Tuesday. The goal was to enact the state's price gouging laws so families could afford the much-needed baby formula. State officials are asking New Jerseyans to report overpriced baby formula so they can take action against bad actors. This bad practice is punishable by up to $10,000 fines for a first-time offense and up to $20,000 for additional offenses. Natalie Migliori, NBC News Radio, New Jersey. In other election news, an error in Lancaster County created thousands of unreadable mail-in ballots on Tuesday. These ballots are reported to not scan properly, but county election workers are assuring the votes are still counted. This inevitably is causing a delay towards calling the results of the election. Delaware's Attorney General Kathy Jennings announced the State Department of Justice would be launching an investigation into repeat offender and landlord A.J. Picorni. People from 27 units had to leave after a partial wall collapse in the 200 block of Adams Street on Sunday night. It details hundreds of violations at his apartments and indicates the owner has 30 days to make repairs or he will be fined $250 for each violation. Displaced residents are now being offered shelter by the city. A New Jersey man with a sentence of 22 years in prison might have his conviction overturned after claims of unlawful search by law enforcement. The man pleaded guilty to aggravated manslaughter that occurred in Union Township in 2016. In appeals court, it has been argued that the search was conducted without a warrant. Philadelphia police are investigating a shooting that injured a young child on Thursday night. It happened around 7.30 p.m. on the 2400 block of 5th Street in North Philadelphia. Police confirmed to Action News that a five-year-old boy was shot in the arm. He was rushed to St. Christopher's Hospital for Children and placed in stable condition. Authorities say the shooting happened inside a home and that multiple people are being questioned. The circumstances surrounding the shooting have not been released by police and no arrests have been made. Along with all of the other strange roadside attractions in New Jersey comes a new addition following the state's plastic bag ban. In Hamilton Lake Park, there is a giant sculpture made completely of the single-use plastic bags to draw attention to the recent ban. This art installment resembles an octopus and is named Leviathan. On Tuesday, a deadly sand collapse occurred at an Ocean County beach. Rescue efforts were set forth for a brother and a sister who were digging a large hole with a frisbee and became trapped. The 18-year-old male died during the collapse. A bill was announced May 17th that requires seatbelts on school buses. Tuesday marked the fourth anniversary of a fatal school bus crash 
that resulted in a death of a 10-year-old student and a teacher in Paramus, New Jersey. This legislation is named Miranda's Law in memory of the fifth grader killed in 2018. More information continues to come out about the tragic mass shooting at a Buffalo supermarket last Saturday. It is now reported a 911 dispatcher hung up on an employee at Top Supermarket while a shooting was occurring. This dispatcher is now on leave. I'm Megan Steckler and this has been your local news. This is Sam DeChugis with your Rowan News. The Rowan University School of Osteopathic Medicine has received a three-year, $550,000 grant from the U.S. Department of Justice to develop and implement the crisis outreach during police encounters response system, known as Project COPE, in partnership with the Atlantic County Sheriff's Office. Project COPE's goal is to improve outcomes during encounters between law enforcement officers and individuals with mental illness or co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse. The target population for this program will be adults with mental illness, the Atlantic City area, with a focus on female offenders who have histories of trauma. Dr. Joanna Petrides, a Rowan SOM psychologist who will lead Project COPE, said their goal will be to implement a co-responder team model in which crisis intervention trained police officers and a social worker will implement real-time interventions together during law enforcement encounters. She also said, quote, Ultimately, we expect Project COPE to will help law enforcement officers identify and reduce harm to individuals with mental illness or co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse, while also reducing mental illness-related arrests, end quote. I'm Sam DeChugis, and that was your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Rowan Radio News Team. I'm Aaron Hook with news from around the world of sports. Up first, let's head to the hardwood to talk about the NBA draft line. The lottery selected show was aired on ESPN Tuesday night, and the Orlando Magic won the rights to the first overall pick in June's upcoming draft. It's the fourth time Orlando will have the top choice in the draft in the franchise's history, and they haven't done too bad for themselves with their previous three number one overall picks, selecting all-time great centers Shaquille O'Neal and Dwight Howard in 1992 and 2004, respectively. While in 93, they traded their top choice in Chris Webber to the Golden State Warriors for the rights to Shaq's running mate during his time in Orlando, point guard Penny Hardaway. The Portland Trailblazers and Detroit Pistons were the biggest losers of the evening as they both fell a few spots from where they were slotted to select according to the lottery odds. Who would have thought so much disappointment could come by the way of some ping pong balls? Anyway, let's take a trip now down south to Southern Hills Country Club in Tulsa, Oklahoma, the site of the 104th PGA Championship Tournament. At the end of Thursday's first-round action, Rory McIlroy stood atop the field at 5 under par, while both Will Zalatoris and Tom Hodge were not too far behind at 4 below the threshold each. The tournament is held annually and is the second major of four throughout the PGA season, with the Masters being held at Augusta, Georgia during the second week of April, and both the U.S. and British Open to follow over the summer. The winner will take home a cool $2.16 million of a total prize purse, amounting to $12 million. In the world of college football, Alabama head coach Nick Saban made some controversial comments about SEC rival Texas A&M and their recruiting tactics. Saban told local business leaders in Birmingham that the reason A&M had the top overall recruiting class in college football last year was because they, quote, bought every player on their team, a slight at the NCAA's new policies regarding name, image, and likeness. 
Saban has since apologized for the comments. And finally, let's talk some prop sports, shall we? The Rowan baseball team will begin their NCAA regional tournament run on Friday morning as they'll head to Lebanon College in Anvil, Pennsylvania to take on Mitchell College. The regional format is double elimination with the first pitch of Friday's game scheduled for 10 o'clock a.m. The Profs went 30 and 6 during the regular season and will seek revenge after being knocked out of the NJAC tournament without recording a win despite being the top overall seed. Rowan was ranked 10th in all of Division Three in the latest NCAA.com poll. Taking a look at both the men's and women's track and field teams, both did quite well over this past week at the AAR TFC Championships in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. The men's team who came in ranked number one in the country captured the event for the second time in school history. The props finished first in the four-man 100-meter relay with a squad of John Owens, Robert McKinney, Jameer Beasley, and Nana Adyamane. Meanwhile, for the women's team, they grabbed a third-place finish at the two-day event, headlined by two first-place finishes, including Michaela Taylor winning the hammer throw event at a throw of 50.28 meters. Both teams will now look to head to the NCAA Division III Championships next week in Geneva, Ohio. Well, that'll do it for me, Aaron Hook, bringing you news from around the wide world of sports. Hi, I'm Megan Steckler with your Rowan Report business update. The U.S. is giving another $215 million in emergency food assistance to Ukraine. Secretary of State Antony Blinken announced the move at a meeting on global food security at the United Nations. Blinken added that the U.S. is pledging $500 million to spur U.S. fertilizer production. It all comes as Ukraine deals with the humanitarian crisis brought on by Russia's invasion. The fertilizer assistance is intended to cover the need for it in countries that typically imported fertilizer from Russia. As the nationwide baby formula shortage drags on, Abbott Labs is getting the green light from the FDA to resume manufacturing powdered products at their Michigan plant that was shut down earlier this year. Democrat Representative Katie Porter of California sees some signs of progress but isn't sure that's enough. I have questions about why we allowed the FDA to leave this plant shut down for such a long period and why we're not better monitoring the potential shortages that occur when we have things like a plant go offline. President Biden announced Wednesday the launch of Operation Fly Formula to use federal planes to import formula from other countries. The act will allow the federal government to make key formula ingredients priority and give manufacturers additional resources. There's overwhelming support for school districts' budgets across Long Island. Out of 124 budgets, 123 were approved Tuesday with most seeing a majority of voters saying yes. Meanwhile, West Hempstead's proposed $71.3 million budget was voted down. Budgets for the upcoming school year were up 4%, which is the sharpest increase in more than 10 years. Weekly jobless claims are up. The Labor Department reports first-time claims for unemployment benefits rose to 218,000 last week. That's 21,000 more than the previous week's revised total and more than most analysts were expecting. I'm Megan Steckler and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Karina Cologne. Taylor Swift now has her honorary doctorate degree in fine arts from New York University. The Grammy Award winner joined thousands of other graduates at commencement on Wednesday, celebrating their achievements as well as delivering the NYU commencement address at Yankee Stadium. Miley Cyrus will be hosting NBC's New Year's Eve special again this year. The Midnight Sky singer hosted the 2021-2022 special with Pete Davidson to much success. 
The lineup of performers has yet to be announced. Chris Rock could host the Oscars next year, despite his shocking experience at this year's awards. Deadline reports ABC Entertainment President Craig Erwich is open to the idea of the comedian hosting next year's Oscars and said despite Rock's now infamous slap from Will Smith, this was a really successful year for the show. Witnesses for Amber Heard testified in the defamation trial against her from ex-husband Johnny Depp on Wednesday. Heard's sister Whitney Henriquez said she saw her older sibling slowly lose her spark over the course of her marriage. She testified that Depp would make jokes about Heard's appearance, but over time became more controlling. Henriquez confirmed that the pair fought often, especially when Depp was drinking or using drugs. Sam Asghari is saying he and Britney Spears still have plans to expand their family following a recent miscarriage. The personal trainer took to Instagram to thank fans for their support following the loss of the pregnancy. He also added that he and Spears were moving forward and would be growing their family soon. Pop star Selena Gomez is teaming up with President Biden to shed light on mental health. The singer spoke with the newly formed Mental Health Youth Action Forum Wednesday. Following an introduction from the First Lady, Gomez discussed the importance of empowering people to end the stigma surrounding mental health. One of their goals includes changing labor laws to be more accommodating to mental health needs. Bad Bunny is racking up the album sales. The Puerto Rican rapper has earned his second Billboard number 1 album with his latest LP, Un Verano Sinti. Not only that, but it has already become the best-selling album of 2022 after just one week. The album had the best-selling week of any release since Adele dropped her latest album, 30, back in December. Camila Cabello is officially joining NBC's The Voice. The Bam Bam singer will replace Kelly Clarkson as an official coach on the show's 22nd season. Gwen Stefani will also return to the show after a two-season break to replace Ariana Grande. The popular singing competition show will air in September, although a release date has not been announced. I'm Karina Colon, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Roman Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Roan Report here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Roan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.